For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is happening, gang? We are jacked to dive into the podcast with you today. But before we do, we want to dive into the number one rule Bill Polian has for men's grooming, and that is to use Manscaped. That's right. Manscaped is the industry leader in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for all your family jewels. They obsess over their technology, much like we obsess over player evaluation headed into free agency. They provide you the best tools for your grooming experience manscape is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide including all of us so today we've got this amazing exclusive offer for all you guys 20 percent off plus free shipping when you use the code pulling at manscaped that's right 20% off and free shipping with the code POLIAN at manscaped.com. That's P-O-L-I-A-N. Manscaped hooked us up with a bunch of tools and formulations from their Perfect 3.0 kit. And I got to tell you, it is amazing. They have truly revolutionized the game with the 3.0 trimmer. I was using, still using, the 2.0 trimmer like I was in the dark ages. The 3.0 trimmer, groundbreaking. No issues to report. Never cut yourself. Never run into issues and you've got your situation down there truly looking free and clean so if you want to have the ultimate free agent look no further than manscaped so what are you waiting for to get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code polian at manscaped.com use it today that's right 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the code polian unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with manscaped What is happening, gang? We have got a super show for you today on the Inside Football Podcast with Bill Pullian. We're going to do something you guys have wanted, we've wanted to do for a very long time. We are going to get Bill's rules of free agency. So how do you approach free agency? What players do you like? What is his system for ranking and cataloging players? And then at the end of the show, we apply that system to this year's crop of free agents and hear who Bill thinks teams should go after. After hearing these rules, who are the guys that kind of fit? Who are the guys you should pay? Who are the guys you should run away from? And who are the guys that maybe you take a one-year flyer on? So sit back, relax, and get ready. This is the Inside Football Podcast with Bill Polian, and this is our rules of free agency and a look at the free agent crop in 2021. Similar technical difficulties, but uh, on my end for a change this week, a uh, little little late to the pod because some of us had to get vaccinated. But without further ado, let's dive into it. We got a lot to cover today. Uh, we are going to take a look at free agency in the NFL. We're going to learn something I've always wanted to know, Bill's free agent rules, and then we're going to apply some of those rules to some of the free agents who are available. So without further ado, let's dive into it. How are we doing today, guys? We're doing well. Bill, you good? Good, thank you. Good, thank you. So let's uh, the so the Polian rules as it apply, apply to free agency. Here we go. 
Okay, let's uh, let's make one correction from last week's show, and I apologize for this. Uh, I went back and did some double checking, uh, and found that there's anywhere between thirty-five and forty-five million dollars in Deshaun Watson's contract, which is guaranteed paragraph five, and that's treated differently uh, under the CBA than. Uh, other guaranteed money. Paragraph 5 money can be traded. Doesn't mean it will be, but it can be. So if we middled it up, I have I didn't see the contract, but I got from a, a source that I trust that there is that paragraph guaranteed paragraph 5 in there. He explained it to me. It's two years worth. Um, Just so everybody understands, paragraph 5 is the, is the paragraph in the contract that lists the player's base salary for the year in question that's great years plural years and 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 in most contracts it's not guaranteed for skill or injury in this particular case it is and so let's middle it out and call it 40 million in guaranteed paragraph five over two years this year and next Uh, that can be traded and it doesn't count uh, as dead money unless the player does not earn it, i.e. he's released. So if you subtract $40 million from the 68 that we talked about, that leaves 28 in dead money. That's still a huge chunk of the salary cap, but it's not the choke point that 68 would be. So it's possible that Watson could be traded But if he is, uh, barring a restructure of his contract, which I doubt, Houston would take at minimum a $28 million hit on the cap this year. That said, an acquiring team would not have to take those guarantees. They could say to uh, Houston, I'm only paying $20 million of the 35 million or the 40 million guarantees. You got to pay the rest. And if you want me to pay the full 35 or 40 million, I'm giving you a three, not a one. Right. So the larger amount of guaranteed money that you're taking on, the larger uh, uh, dead money obligation you're taking on because Make no mistake about it. This is dead money if he doesn't play. Uh, The larger uh, that you're taking on, the less you have to pay in draft choice compensation. I mean, it's really that simple. In fact, in the Stafford trade, the Rams gave the Lions a one to take Goff's guaranteed money. They actually paid to take it. It's subterfuge. That's not really legal, but it was all there was some subterfuge involved in in the camouflage rather involved in the trade but the fact of the matter is that that that's where that's at so it's still a a stretch to trade him but it could be done and part of that negotiation will be that the the acquiring team saying i don't want 40 million dollars in guaranteed money Uh, so there's going to be you know that's a, a stumbling block in the trade just as it would be otherwise and they're still stuck under the best set of circumstances with probably 28 
uh, a million dollars in 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 dead money. Uh, Houston is. Um, so as long as we clarify that, uh, you know, it, the the moral of the story is, and I should have said it last week, it's no one's fault. Unless you read the full contract, unless Rick and I can sit here and read the full contract and parse every paragraph and then go back to the management council lawyers and say, give me an interpretation of this paragraph, give me an interpretation of that paragraph, you don't know what's in the contract. I mean, you can know the numbers and, and, and you can listen to the talking heads explaining what the numbers mean. They don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> because right. we're two talking heads that understand it completely, and we were wrong. So yes. I apologize. You, you got to have what they call best evidence, which is the document itself in front of you. Which sometimes isn't the old Google machine. No. Uh, no, no, no. It's not the Google machine. No, 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 no. No, it's the fact that the Google machine does not get the right input. Garbage in, garbage out. Right. It, unless you see the contract and you read it and you parse it and you know exactly what the terms of the contract are, you're going to be wrong. And that's, that's, that's what occurred. And it happens all the time. Every day you pick up the paper and you read a number. It ain't the real number. Right. Exactly. <laughs> a lot of that going on in Dallas probably this morning. Indeed. Oh, indeed. Yeah. Indeed. The real number is not $40 million a year. Right. It's somewhere in the vicinity of, of uh, $31 million a year. Right. Cause that's what's guaranteed. Yeah, very true. All right, having said that, fire away. Let's go into <laughs> Let's dive into free agency. So we're going to begin with the rules of the road. What are your rules in approaching free agency, Bill? Okay, let's start with the nomenclature we use to determine and, and, and to grade players. A blue is a top player. He is a player who can win on his talent alone. Every guy he matches up with, he has more talent than as much or more and can win. A red is a guy who can win some of the time and with good talent around him, he'll win a lot and he can help you win championships. Blues and reds are the most desirable players. If your roster was made up of blues and reds, you'd be a very happy person. You'd be lifting the Lombardi trophy far more often than not. Purples are players who will not lose big if they lose. They'll keep it close and they will win 50% of the time or more when faced with a, an opponent of similar talent. So blues are the most desirable. Reds are nonetheless Good players, not the most desirable, but good players. Purples are essentially good, solid role players. Anything below that, greens, yellows, you want no part of. Right. Uh, and you certainly don't want to spend money on them in free agency. Okay, having said that, free agency is an economic marketplace. And it's a bunch of agents coming into the marketplace selling their players to the highest bidder and attempting to create markets and attempting to create uh, interest in their clients, however they can do it. But in the end, it's an economic equation and it's governed each team's, uh, each team's foray into the marketplace 
is governed by the amount of money it has to spend under the salary cap, which is, by the way, not the same for any for everybody, because you can carry money over that was not spent under the cap from the previous year. So while the cap may, let's call it 182 million, we don't know what it's going to be yet. Um, if I carried over 10 million from last year, my cap is 192 million and someone else's may be 182 million. That's fair and it's okay. You have to work within what you've got as a cap number. That said, here, here's the economic system and the economic rules of the world, the role, what road, excuse me, K pay and keep blues at core positions at all costs. Don't lose a blue at a core position. Try to keep all other blues who have longevity at the expense of reds and purples, regardless of position. So if you have a running back that's a blue, running back's really not a core position because they're easily replaceable. Don't lose the blue to keep a red or a purple. Keep the blue. The more blues you have, the better chance you have to win. Bill, can you tell, explain what the other core positions are? Yeah, let me go. Let me go through those. The core positions are as follows: a quarterback who can win on his own talent, a blue. Two, a quarterback who can win with talent around him, a red. A defensive tackle who can rush the passer, and you'd like him to be a three-down player. A pass-rushing defensive end. Again, a three-down player if possible. A cornerback, an outstanding pass-blocking offensive tackle, and you'd like it to be a left tackle if possible. A three-down running back. Those are rare. Blue players at other positions like guard and center and uh, linebacker. And then need positions where you have, uh, uh, let's say, a wide receiver who's, who's out of contract and you're going to lose uh, you think you're going to lose, that's a neat position. You need to replace him. So those are the core positions that you're dealing with in free agency. Uh, there's a caveat with core positions. Number one is that you must have a championship kicker. If you don't have one, you have to go get one, or you won't win a championship. It's that simple. And rookie kickers rarely perform well. In fact, uh, the best kickers do well the second time around. Uh, and so they're almost always veterans who've been let go. Suck up is a prime example in Tampa Bay. Uh, that's far more the rule than the, uh, than the exception. Uh, and you must have a high-quality veteran leader at center. Um, so if you don't have one of those, you have to go get one even though they're not necessarily core players, uh, you have to have them. Back to the rules. Uh, never let a veteran with blue kick coverage skills go if you can help it. Pay him if you have to. The, the, the example is Steve Tasker. Changes games. Um, kick and punt blockers are naturals. It's a natural skill. You can't teach it. Uh, if you have one, try like the devil to keep one, keep them. Uh, you, you should really scout them because they're out there. You just have to find them at the college level and then groom them. 
Um, you have to have a winning long snapper on the roster. Now they play a long time. Uh, you know, they don't get hurt, generally speaking. Uh, if you have one, you keep them until he can't bend over anymore. <laughs> they play 15, 16 years, and, uh, but you have to have them. And if you don't, you're not going to be professional and someone's getting fired, I guarantee you. So you better get one. You know, Bill, I, I used to say that to all my offensive line clients who might not, certainly might not be core guys or even A guys. Hey, develop the skill to long snap and you'll stay on the team if only for that. Well, you know, field goal snapping, short snapping can be learned. Long snapping is something that you really, you're either a natural at it or you've started at a very early age. Uh, <clears throat> Now, it's up to the personnel department to find the winning kicker, a reliable punter, a top-quality punt and kickoff returner, and a top-quality long snapper. Uh, and if you have one, a top-quality cover man. Um, the protection, field goal block, and, and et cetera, is the, is the responsibility of the special teams coach. So if you have those core people, you got to try and keep them, if at all possible. That's where some really tough decisions come in. Would you keep, um, for example, would you keep the, 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 the third offensive tackle who plays a lot at the expense of a cover guy? I would every single day uh, because the cover guy means, you know, makes more plays. It's that simple. Um, never let a blue player with at least three productive years leave over money. Okay. Huh. Now, I, with three productive years left, meaning he's 28 years of age, um, 27 or 28. If he's blue, work like the devil to keep him. And if you have to eat some dead money to do it, it's worth it because blues are rare. Uh, it takes 12 blues to win a Super Bowl. That's very, very, very hard to do. That's a 53-man roster, 12 blues. It's very hard to find them. Uh, so that's money that's that's well spent, no matter what the media or even the cap guy or the lawyer may say. As long as he's got productive years left, blues are hard to find. Never overpay market price years plus guaranteed money for a red. Don't overpay for a red. Never pay a purple much above the minimum and and never give him a long term contract two years, three years or, or, or more. Two years is the max you would give a purple. Um, and then some axioms, the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. That came from Bob Trotwine, a noted uh, a, a, a sports psychologist. And uh, the most important ability is availability from the great Tony Dungy. <laughs> All top players are durable, avoid injury, prone players, they rarely change. Uh, so with those axioms in mind, uh, I've spoken about the kickers here. We'll do just a few more, and then we'll open up to questions. Okay, now we're getting into the so-called intangibles. Um and this is this fleshes out who you should pay. So when you look at the evaluation 
process. These are all the things that you're looking for. And I guarantee if you go on the internet, you'll never find any of these. And you, and you won't read about them in the newspaper because they're, known, they're only known to people who are in the business and, and who have access to this kind of information. So a blue has to have blue PQs, meaning physical qualities, height, weight, speed. You can give a little on height. In our system in Indianapolis, we were okay with the shorter players. There are teams that are not. We just felt you could give a little on height. You had to have blue production. If you're going to pay a guy big money and big guaranteed money, he has to produce. Don't pay him on, on prospective production. Don't pay him on potential. Potential has gotten more guys fired than anything else in the history of the game. Um, he has to have blue football intelligence, otherwise known as FBI. You cannot have, you cannot pay a dumb guy. You just, you just can't. A guy who is not instinctive, who doesn't understand the game, who doesn't understand what he's supposed to do, who can't learn and retain. No, don't do it. It's a, it fails every single time. And by the way, I've made all these mistakes. So I plead <laughs> guilty to every one of them. Been there, done that. Right. Um, they have to have blue character. You want high character guys. Now, remember that these guys are between 24 and 28 years old. They're not finished products by any mean. And, and we want football players, not clergymen. Right. And as Marv Levy used to say, there's a difference between personality and character, and you have to recognize that. But you do want high character peoples, people, because when the storm comes, as it invariably will, people of high character help you weather the storm. They help you through the hard times. People with weak character jump ship. And it's, it's, the, it's the old adage that Mike Tomlin quoted a couple of years ago. We want volunteers not conscripts, and not mercenaries. If the ship's filled with volunteers, they'll fight to the end. Mercenaries and conscripts are out the door. Um, blue work ethic. You don't, want, you don't want lazy people. You can't win with lazy people, and they drag everybody else down with them. Um, and smart players get better. Players who are not smart don't get better. Their ceiling is lower and they plateau much, much earlier in their careers than smart guys do. And that's measurable and, and, and it has been measured. These are all of these aphorisms or axioms have been vetted scientifically with data over the years. I can assure you that it's, we're not, this is not folklore. This is fact. Um, physical and mental toughness is a must at every position. Professional football is hand-to-hand -hand combat without weapons. That's what it is. And you better be physically and mentally tough to do it 20 to 24 times a year and to practice at least three times a week in pads for most of that, that time. So uh, if you're not men mentally or physically tough, you won't stand the gaff and, uh, and, and, on our teams, we never wanted anybody who was not mentally 
or physically tough. You could measure that again, the psychologist can. It shows up over time. You know, you can just watch games and know who's mentally and physically tough and who's not. And 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 the teams that have really mentally, physically and, and, and tough guys are the ones that win. Um, injuries must be noted and must be paid attention to. A player with a high injury grade or low injury grade, we did ours A to F, and F is a is a really bad injury grade, and so is D. Uh, and players with similar injuries over time, multiple similar injuries over time, such as broken legs, pulls, stress fractures, etc., um, almost always continue to be injured. So you have to downgrade those guys significantly. You don't invest money in guys with a long injury history. And there'll be some that you, many names that you'll hear, oh, that's a great pickup. Yeah, well, he missed 27 games over the last three years. Yeah, but he'll take the top off the defense. No, he won't, because he won't be there to do it. Right. And, and, you'll, and you'll, you'll be wasting yeah. money. Uh, um, availability. Availability is the most important ability. Um, players players uh, mature and stop improving physically at age 28. So we are not giving a long-term contract to anyone. We're not even considering a long-term contract, excuse me, um, for anybody but a blue who is older than 27 years of age. Okay. Because... You're guaranteed to eat money on most contracts anyway, but if you're going to give a 30-year-old uh, red a five-year contract, you're probably eating three of those with, 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 without question. Do you take into account uh, the fact-based uh, longevity is, is different at different positions? How much do you take that into account in deciding where a guy is in his continuum and what you could still get out of him? It's actually not. The only exception to longevity where 30 years of age is, is the dividing line and decline comes precipitously after that are elite wide receivers, and there aren't many of those, and quarterbacks. Virtually everybody else begins to decline at age 30, and, and it's and it's it's quite precipitous. So even running backs, you know, you M running backs, most of all, that, that's what I mean. I mean, you'd, you'd still keep them in the mix with everybody else, even though that's the shortest career uh, length position. Well, you might, depending on what, what it costs. Now running backs, if they come in at, at 21 uh, are, are done basically at 27. So, you know, you're, don't forget you're, you're grading the player, on how he plays in addition to all of these, all of these data points. So if you see the arrow down at, at 27 years of age with a running back, who's had one major knee injury, you're not going to go anywhere near him. It's a prescription for right. failure. Um, Jones from, from Green Bay is a prime example. I mean, he's a good guy that is a really good running back. Uh, you know, talking heads are going to be howling about uh, the don't let him go, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Bottom line, he's probably going to get a short contract because 
you know, the, the he's getting close to the to the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I guess you could say the ceiling is is closer to twenty eight for running backs. It's 32 for elite wide receivers, quarterbacks, you know, and Brady's made it to 40. Uh, the and Peyton made it to 38, so that that number's up. But for everybody else, it's it's 30. And when we get when we had a player on our team, no matter how good, who was 30 years of age, uh, we, we began to look for a replacement. It's foolish not to, because they could go at any time. Think about Teddy Bruschi; he was playing oh, yeah. great nice. and had a stroke. Thank God he overcame it, but it, they can go at any time. Um, we said that no free agent over 27 uh, should be given big dollars or a long-term contract. Uh, kickers and punters most often fail as rookies. Best buys are the second time around. Punters can, yes. Coupling back to that with a long-term contract. So you wouldn't give anyone more than, say, three years at 27? If he was a blue and I re- or read that I really needed, I probably would try to get away with four, but I would tell the owner we, we're probably eating the fourth year. And if we had to go to five to get him, I'd tell the owner we're going to eat the fifth year and we better we better put the put that money in the equation. And he'd have to approve that. Is it difficult since you know you've honed this over a long and successful career? There are obviously other uh front office guys who aren't of that, you know, there's different calibers of people in every walk of life. So to some degree, if the guys don't have this perception or insight, that guy who really should get a three-year contract could be offered a five or six-year contract by some team where the guy doesn't follow these rules. I mean, that must make the supply and demand thing a little bit difficult. Well, it does because if you have hard and fast rules that you follow and other people don't, and you're in a milieu, which you always are, where the media wants, they don't care about the salary cap, and the fans don't care about the salary cap. They want you to sign everyone in sight, and they want you to sign the names that they know. The J.J. Watts, go spend whatever it takes to get J.J. Watt, the fact that he's 32 years of age. Don't worry about that. They don't worry about it. You have to. So the bottom line is you you just sit there and say, no, we're not going to do it. Simple as that. Uh, so let me let me recap here uh, so that we're you know, we have a, a general feel for the rules of the road and then we can begin to talk about uh, players or whatever else you want to talk about. Um, and, and these are sort of the they're not 10 commandments. There are a few more than that, but they're 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 pretty important. Uh, the most important free agents are your own free agents. And when you're good, i.e. Tampa Bay, and Bruce Aarons said this a couple weeks ago, most important thing they can do is re-sign their own, however you do it. Because you're a good team, there's no need for you to go in the marketplace, there's no need to bring outsiders into the building to upset the chemistry, reward the guys who performed for you, and they're important. The media does not count them as free agent signings. Your hometown media will not count the re-signed, even if it's Peyton Manning as a free agent. They will, you know, 
unfortunately, I had to go to a press conference prior to the draft, and they'd say, you didn't sign any free agents. I said, yes, I did. We signed Marvin Harrison and Peyton Manning. No, 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 they're not free agents. Yeah, right. They're yours. They were never leaving. Yeah, yeah. They're still getting paid United States dollars, as far as I know. Right. But you, you, they are the most important. There's no two ways about that. And you have to do that before you do anything else. Yeah. Only A players at scarce or need positions get big dollar, big guarantee, long-term contracts. What are A players? Those are blue players. And as we'll see as we talk about players as we go on in this broadcast, there are very few blues, say that quickly three times, (laughs) (laughs) on the market because they're tagged or signed to long-term deals. A players don't, as a general rule, don't reach free agency. Even though they're big names, you may think, fans may think they're A players. Analysts may say this guy's an A player. They're not. Just like there are not 32 first-round draft choices, right? In reality, there's only about between 18 and 20 with first-round grades. So this is why the union loves free agency and why every player's union fights for free agency because B players get A money on the open market. That's why they want it. Of course. And that's why they don't want the market flooded with players. That's why they agree to things like salary caps and, and, and fines for going over a certain cap number in baseball and other kinds of, of, of strictures on the marketplace because they want the marketplace to be small so that people fight over the players and overpay. That's what they really want when it's all said and done. You want demand to be higher than supply. That's correct. So, so and, and Bill, you know, that's that was the genius of Marvin Miller in baseball after the McNally message with grievance when everybody was free and he said, no, no, we're not going to do it that way. We'll go in classes and years and artificially limit it and, and so it's really in everybody's best interest to keep that equation going. And, you know, parity in the league is, is helped, too, because somebody without a cap, somebody could just go out and do what the Yankees used to do. Yeah, that's that's correct. Uh, famously, Bill Bidwell, the now deceased, God rest his soul, the owners of the the owner of the Arizona Cardinals uh, said at the time that we were really at loggerheads with the union somewhere around 19. 19- 91 or so, getting nowhere, bogged down in court. He said, let's make everybody free every year. Propose that. They won't accept it. So we did. We, we couched it in a, what if we made everybody free every year? They said, no, 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 no. That would be chaotic. You guys could never handle that. No. The fans would, too much they work. wouldn't know who's playing for who. <laughs> Not a chance. <laughs> it was a stroke of genius because it showed us as negotiators, a stroke of genius on Bill's part, because it showed us as negotiators where their parameters were. They were going to need some sort of cap. Yeah. The only question was, what is it? Some sort of governor on the marketplace. The only question is, what is it? You'll like this. I, I heard uh, Jerry Seinfeld say this uh, a couple of months ago. He was talking about how when he was growing up, you and I were growing up, you know, people were with the same team their whole career. They never moved. And he's talking about how for two years you're playing here, two years you're playing there. 
these guys are on your the team you cheer for not and they're all gone again and he goes so basically we're cheering for laundry <laughs> <laughs> well as the saying goes you're cheering for the name on the front not the back of the jersey right. well we yep. used to trade for towels so you know <laughs> <laughs> indeed um here's another axiom that never fails you are never one player away from a championship you hear that over and over again. I had an owner say it to me. I, I, I responded in the negative and got myself in a, in a bunch of hot water, but I, I couldn't let it pass. I, I couldn't just, it's, it's wrong. And, and it never, ever fails if you believe it and you try to chase it, it, it fouls you up beyond belief. You're never, more, you're never one player away, especially in football. Ba- basketball, maybe, but, but football, no. Basketball takes three, by the way, to win championships. I said 12 blues in the, in, in, in the NFL, three in, in, uh, in basketball, both at the pro level and the college level. If you have three pros at the NCAA level, the likelihood is you're in the final four. Well, so, now what the Nets are doing, you need a couple of reds, too, at the uh, trading deadline. Exactly. <laughs> They're stocking up. Uh, this one is, is, is funny, but it's tragic at the same time. There is no off-season champion. There is only the Super Bowl champion. How stupid, how ignorant is the idea that there is an off-season winner? We play no games. We do no practicing. We do nothing but try to create a roster which is incomplete, and yet there is always a, quote, off-season winner. Hey, if you move to D.C., if we could talk into living in D.C., we were the champions of March and April for most of the early 2000s. So that's <laughs> one, our Super Bowl. So that's a mantra I think we invented in this city. Yeah. yeah. A- Alex Marvez and I on our, our, our show Late Hits on uh, – Sirius XM Radio give away every June the paper mache Lombardi Trophy. We award it every June to the <laughs> the winner of the of the off season. Yeah, and and invariably that team finishes as they say at the racetrack up the track, right, right. <laughs> out of the money. Um, the other thing I used to I used to uh, when, when I when I taught salary cap and when I oriented younger guys coming in the league. We are the buyers. The agents are the sellers. We're under no obligation to buy anything except at our own price. Negotiations are negotiations, but you as the employer set the ceiling. And if you allow the agent to drive you over that, you're not a very good negotiator. And if you have to pass on a player, you have to pass on a player. My friend Brian Burke, who for many years uh, was a very successful GM in the Canadian in the uh, National Hockey League, uh, winning the Stanley Cup in, in, in Anaheim, uh, one, he and I once talked at a seminar, and, and he correctly said the hardest decision that a GM has to make is when the agent is representing a player that you really like, or if he's your own guy, you love, and the money gets to the point where you, you, you know you can't pay it. To have to say no 
is the hardest thing you have to do. But if you're going to be good at your job and you're going to build a better team, you do have to say no. It takes a lot of courage to do that because number one, you're going to feel badly about it yourself. And number two, you're going to get hit over the head publicly about it until the cows come home. Um, set a price you're willing to pay based on player evaluation and situation. And if the market goes beyond that, pass. Simple as that. Minimize the possibility of dead money. Factors which cause dead money are A, age 28 or older is a, is a very considered uh, risk and injury history. Those two things uh, absolutely cannot be ignored. Character, substance abuse, weight, or work ethic, uh, work ethic problems uh, never, never, ever should be considered. Get them off the table early and, and don't waste time with them because they will always come back to bite you. Don't panic if you lose a player. This, the, the, the following sentence is a reference to that, but I have to explain it. In Boston and in New England, uh, throughout New England, there was a, a department store called Filene's, which was quite famous. If, if you'd been to Newberry Street in Boston, I mean, it's a, it's a, a must-stop place, right? And, and it was high-end stuff, but they had stores around New England called Filene's Basement. Yep. 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 Which is where the really great buys were. <laughs> exactly. Right? And if you didn't shop in Filene's Basement, you were not too smart. You were losing out on some really great stuff. So the sentence, the end of the sentence is, don't panic if you lose a player. The best values remain in Filene's Basement. Right, 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 right. Still true probably today. Yeah. And and Filene's basement in the NFL is what they call second and third tier free agency. After the profligate clubs have thrown huge money at the big names or the, you know, been really active in the market and there's no more money to spend, that's when you should come into the market, go into Filene's basement and scoop up those 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 bargains that, that you know are there. The markdowns. Yes. Uh, follow the Paul Brown dictum. Keep the team green and growing. This was the first. Paul Brown taught me how to put a team together. I was, I was so fortunate. It was a, a blessing. I drove him back and forth to the competition committee meetings and to, and to uh, uh, the golf course and things like that uh, when we were at the competition committee meetings. And, and, and I just listened. And he, and he gave me a, a Ph.D., education on how to put a team together. And the first thing he said was, you must keep it green and growing, which means that you always should be infusing young talent into the team. You can't let a position group get old and you can't let a platoon get old and you can't let your team get old because when, it, when they go, they go big. Uh, you'll make mistakes in free agency. Everyone does learn from them and move on. And what I'm telling you here and what I'm telling our listeners is I have made those mistakes, sadly learned from them, and, and I'm, I'm trying to help you avoid not making them, even as a fan. Exactly. Um, 
And then beware of the following. Beware of the following. Players who miss multiple games each year due to injury, regardless of talent. And there are going to be plenty of those in this year's free agent class. Beware. Players with weight, substance abuse, work ethic, or character problems, they don't change when you pay them. I've often uh, on this uh, on this prod podcast quoted my, my good friend, and I miss him dearly, particularly at this time of the year, Dominelli, God rest his soul. I was with him for 20 years uh, in the personnel business. And uh, he used to say the following in his in his Brooklyn Street wisdom. Uh, a guy's 350 pounds. You give him a million dollars. Why is he going to lose weight? <laughs> Stop and think about that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> those things don't get better with money. No. Money doesn't they solve don't. a lot of those problems. It, it, it goes the other way, actually. No. Yeah. They more don't. drugs. Yep. Players who greatly exceed the previous production, their previous production in their contract year. Beware of that. It happens frequently. And, and, you, and you better beware because sooner or later, they will regress to the mean. They almost always do. Avoid the dash for cash. Yes. Players who want to be wined and dined and recruited, this isn't college. This is work. I mean, I've said this before on the show, but bears repeating. We were always willing to um, talk with players and their families, potential players and their families about schools, about neighborhoods, about we, we, we had a, a thick packet of information that our player programs uh, people put together, which talked about neighborhoods and real estate and average cost of homes and all that kind of thing that any any employer would do. We, we went the extra mile to do it. Uh, we were perfectly happy um, to have wives come and and tour around town while we met with their husbands. But, uh, you know, the big dinner at the Ritz Carlton. Uh, no, that's yeah. Right. We, we, we stopped recruiting when we left the college game, most of us. Um, and don't listen to agents. Their job is to get the absolute last dollar for their client and nothing else. Everything they tell you is aimed at that. They're never going to give you a straight answer. And they shouldn't. They shouldn't. Right. You just need to be aware and beware that their focus is not yours. So those are the rules of the road. Um, and, uh, and if, uh, uh, you have questions about those, any of the, those particular issues, or you want to talk about specific players, uh, now is the time to do it. Well, let's dive in. So, I mean, I, I will start. So, I mean, looking at the rules of the road, uh, and using that as a template, I think when we started to pull the list of available free agents by position, I mean, obviously, we have gone through it in great detail. In your mind, it seems to me like a quarterback, in terms of the available free agents, there aren't really any blues that are available. You'd be looking at reds that you potentially could get um, in that category this year, correct? Did you say quarterback or cornerback? At, at quarterback. Quarterback. Uh, yeah, there were no blues available, no. Okay, so but here's what else I think is interesting. There aren't any blues at running back available this year either, are there? 
Um, Jones, but he's he's uh, he's he's probably that's a blue box. He's not a great pass catcher, and he's uh, he's kind of uh, at at the end of his usable shelf life. Would Kenyon Drake be the next closest thing to a blue? Or- no, he's a red. He's a red. He's a hard red. Yeah. All right, so we're not hunting and running backs. Let's get into some fun in the receiver group. Mm-hmm. So who in the receiver group should t- should fans be aware of as potential blues? When I looked at the list, maybe it's somebody like uh, you know Juju at 25. Uh, are there any blues at the receiver uh, in Allen Robinson, those kinds of guys who fans should be aware of? Or there's some below-the-radar guys like Curtis Samuel in Carolina who people should go, hmm, this might be a pretty good signing if my team gets them. Well, there's a difference between a blue and a pretty good signing. Um, a, a blue, no. They, they, they're, not, they're not out there. And AB's not a blue because of his age and his, and his, and his you know, off-field background, even though he still performs blue. Um, so generally speaking, in free agency, there are very few blues who are out there, but you can get good solid reds who help your team win if you pay attention to who's out there and what you're going to do. So uh, let me just scroll through here. Kenny Galladay, 27 years old. So number one, you're going to be real careful with how many years you give him. He's a solid red, in my opinion. Um, he's coming off an injury. So the physical would have to really be tip top for you to put big money into him. But he's a pretty good pickup, I would think, at the right amount of money. Uh, tight end is a good position, by the way, in this, in, in this uh, year's group. Corey Davis. Here's a guy that this is, He's essentially a failed number one. 11 touchdown passes while never producing a 1,000-yard season in four years. Good year last year. Okay? What is he? He's probably a high purple right now. You're thinking about, can I make him a red? Will he be red with a really good quarterback? Well, he wasn't with a really good quarterback there. (laughs) (laughs) But that's a discussion that you can have legitimately. Uh, And and so you say, you know, okay, this is a guy I probably would take a chance on. I don't think he's ever going to be a number one receiver, but he'd be a good solid producer for us or should be. Um, What is he worth? Is he worth Medium red money, that's what I'd say. I think the market goes pretty far past what I would pay for. But that's one to keep an eye on. Let's see how it plays out. A.J. Green, 33 years of age. See you. Nice talking to you. Let's (laughs) talk again when the long-term contract is not in your vocabulary. And... This is probably, because of his injury history, this is probably a one-year contract, I'm guessing, at, at heavily loaded with incentives. 
because, I mean, you're just not, there's no reason to risk big money here. Um, I'm scrolling through Juju. I'm a big Juju fan. He's 24 years of age. Uh, caught 97 balls last year, ninth most in the NFL. He averaged 8.6 yards per catch. Well, so what? Someone has to work the short areas. And this was an offensive line that could not protect. So that doesn't bother me because I've seen him uh, go down the field and make plays uh, in other years when their offensive line was, was a lot better. Um, it, you know, he's a guy that I would want to talk a lot to the pro personnel guys about. I would come in and say, tell me about Juju. Let's put the film up there. Let's go back to two years ago when AB was there and, uh, and, and the running back was there and Ben was in his prime and Mike Munchak was coach, coaching the offensive line. Let's see what he looked like then. Let's see what he looked like looks like now. And then let's arrive at a, a, a figure that we think might work for us. I'll bet he'll get more money than we might be willing to pay because he's 24 years old and he's shown you flashes of good stuff. And, and, and he did on a team where they dropped the ball more than they caught it, it seemed. He, he caught it consistently, which, by the way, is a number one criteria for receivers. Don't want guys who drop the ball. I don't give a damn how, you know, how they take the top off the defense. That's great. Go do it in the parking lot. Right. Uh, you know, right. yep. don't drop the ball. Uh, so interesting, you know, interesting. That's one where this keeps you up at night because if you're negotiating with him and the agent keeps pushing you, you want to say, eh, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. I'll give him a little more. I'll give him a little more. He's a good player. The agent wants to push you over the edge, and you can't be pushed over the yeah. edge. Well, and, and the agent, of course, is also saying, you know, Bill, I'm talking to three other clubs. Yeah, you of know, course. He, he really yeah. wants to, he really wants to play for you, but, yes. you know, I have to do right by his future financially, so, you know. Yeah. Right? Well, now, how do you, uh, a question, uh, uh, not player-specific, but, uh, and we've talked about this before, and we've talked about, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the hit or miss uh, aspects of the draft, but is it still true in your mind that there are certain positions that are more easily draftable where a guy can step in and play while there's others that you really have to have some time to hone them to go from college to the pros? It varies over time. Nowadays, receivers can come in and play right away because they're, they're, there's, you know, there's more carryover. Um, they're throwing the ball at 53 and a third yards wide in both in both leagues. Um, running backs uh, can play right away, generally speaking, if they can block, if they're willing to block. Um, most everybody else is, has got to learn how to play. Yeah. When I was growing up in the sport, uh, especially the, the adage was offensive linemen took time to mature. I mean, it was a different game in the NFL than it was in college. Uh, quarterbacks in those days, you'd, you'd sit them for a while. Uh, safeties, I think, were easier to draft than, than corners, things like that. So how do you how do you account for, the, you see this, there's the market out there, you have a need, you, ha, you know you have a need, 
you think the market is too elevated for the players you'd want, when do you say, okay, we're just going to draft somebody? Well, when the market gets past what where you think it's appropriate. And, right, because that's that's really that's what I'm saying. So, and, and, if, and what you do is wait for the market, wait the market out, wait the market out. It'll eventually come down. You know? Yeah, I mean it will. Buy low and sell high. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I mean, there's whether it's in, that's another that, that's sort of a um, really negative aspect when I was an agent and I I knew what other guys were doing, where you know. They, with it's college, they'd say to the guy, "Hey, you come with me. You're going to be a second round draft pick." The guy said, "Sure." Oh, it's baloney, and it's total bullshit. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, I'd say there's only 32 guys in the world who could tell you what that is. They own NFL teams. In the end, the the agent, they so they'd say, "Well, he says I'm going to go with him for my agent because he says I could be a second round draft pick." And I'd say, "Okay, how? I'll make you president and an astronaut." I mean, you know, they. So the players. And in veterans are saying, hold out, I'll get you more money. I mean, the, I, sadly, I think there's a lot of agents out there who, who really not working in the best interest of their clients. They fill their heads with things that are not achievable, you know, and they wind up doing exactly what you said. The market bottoms out, and then the guy has to take the, the deal, the one place that's left. Yeah, and oftentimes they won't take it. They'll, they'll go someplace else for less money rather than, than admit that they made a mistake. But that's, you know, it happens every year with, with the with the draft kids. Um, I used to speak to a to a, a group at the combine every year. And I would say to them, how many people have been told by their agents that they're going to be drafted in rounds one, two or three? Invariably, virtually everybody in the room would raise their hand. And I said, think about this. I have four children. I have nine grandchildren. I have the responsibility to educate all of them. All four of my children have gone to private high schools and private colleges, and now I'm on to the nine grandchildren. Do you think that with that kind of responsibility, I'm going to listen to an agent, let an agent tell me who to draft? How many of you think I should do that? No hands would go up. Right. <laughs> not an easy hand raiser yeah no on to uh curtis samuel who you mentioned an interesting player 25 years of age career high 77 receptions last year for 851 yards um he he, he carries the ball a fair amount he can play in the backfield as a back um he had 41 carries last year rushed for 200 yards um he can be in the backfield, come out of the backfield. He could be a slot. Um, uh, so he's a multidimensional guy. And, and, and probably in the end, a more natural slot and wing, a, a jet sweep guy, a slot receiver than an outside guy. Um, but there is room for him. Um, but at what price? The question is, at what price? Um, he's not a number one or two. He's a specialized player. But nonetheless, an interesting guy and a productive guy. So that's one that maybe doesn't quite make it to Filene's basement. 
you know, he might, he, I, I would, I would be, I wouldn't be surprised if he's one of the first guys off the board in the second tier of free agents. Uh, and scrolling along here. Oh, the redoubtable Will Fuller. Here we go. This is, here you go. This, is the, right. this is the prime. This is, this is the prime example of, of what happens in free agency. He's never played a 16-game season. He's missed 27 games over four years. He's one of the NFL's top deep threats, averaging 9.3 yards gained per target. That's among the top 10 in the NFL. And you're going to have to decide whether or not you want him on the field half the time, taking the top off the defense, at what price. And by the way, he doesn't catch the ball very well either. He's got a fair amount of drops. So if the agent said to me, you got to have this guy, he, he's the one guy that will complete the picture for you. You can't win without him. He's this year's Nelson Aguilar. You're one guy away. Yeah, you're one guy away, and you only want twelve million a year. My answer would be, "Good luck. I hope you get it." Yeah. <laughs> bye bye. Bill, you're Bill. You say Bill, you're passing on the Lombardi Trophy. How can you do that? Yeah. Well, watch me. <laughs> Should we hit one of your other favorites every four weeks, Sammy Watkins? Oh well, Sammy is. You know, Sammy plays every four weeks. Yeah. That's not his fault. You know, he doesn't have a, a, an NFL body, that's all. So it, do you want Sammy on your team? Yeah, but you got to have a guy who's going to play when he's not playing, number one. And number two, you're certainly not going to pay him anything but a, but a, a minimum salary contract on a one-year deal, and you might give him some incentives. Yeah, that's the guy you're – yeah. But, but you know, I'm not even sure I'd, I'd give him a lot of incentives. Um, so – you know, there's nothing wrong with him except he's not there all the time. And by the way, coaches get annoyed at players like that. That's that's where the, the real problem. I don't blame the player. He just doesn't have an NFL body, and that's that's fine. You know, the fact that he was sold as the second coming of uh, of Andre Reid in Buffalo was not his fault. The, the 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 any of the hype that surrounds these guys are not their fault. They don't they don't start it, and they. It's unfortunate that they're tagged with it over time. But in Sammy's case, he just doesn't have an NFL body. And it's 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 wonderful that he's lasted as long as he has. But uh, you can't count on him as anything but an adjunct. Let me, let me, let me take you back to something you just said. And, and I, I will really put on the agent hat here. Um, why, you know, if, if, you know, he says, okay, Bill, I'm going to prove to you I'm going to play for you and I'm worthy and I'll sign the one you're contract. Why not build in significant incentives for, you know, playing the whole season for X number of catches, et cetera, et cetera? What, you know, to me, if, if the guy's going to actually go out there and earn it, I mean, why, why that sometimes I, I, I would get upset with teams that, you know, if you're not going to pay in the paragraph five, give him the chance to prove it. And if he exceeds your paragraph five expectation, why shouldn't he earn money, you know, that's commensurate with his ultimate performance? Well, because uh, uh, he has no history of doing it. And if I didn't do it for a, a better player than him, why would I do it for him? Well, I'd say the better player probably got a higher paragraph five salary. 
and you're expecting him to meet that level. And this guy is all on the come. So, Bill, let's roll the dice together. All right. Are you going to give me money back on the paragraph five if he only plays uh, six games? How about if we do a how about if we do a de-escalator? How's that? I don't think I heard you, Bill. I don't, I've got a bad connection. <laughs> hey, Rick, ready to do a groundbreaking contract right now on the show. <laughs> right uh, now. The next guy is interesting to me. He's really interesting. This is this is a this is a conundrum, a conundrum uh, except that he's 28. Juju and, and and this next player, Nelson Aguilar, are are conundrums. Um, Last year with the Raiders, he was number two in the league with yards per catch at 18.7 and yards per target at 15.4. This is a big-time downfield receiver who played in a big-time John Gruden downfield passing game with a big-time downfield passer in Carr. Now, like Fuller, he drops the ball too much. He was eighth in the league with an 8.6 drop rate. You know, that, that's, that's not good. Eighth is not tops, by the way. That's eighth from the bottom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the, uh, so that's not good. But he is productive. And he does have the ability to go get the ball and run with it after the catch. Um. He's not a great separation guy, you know, what people would call a great route runner, but he can get open and he can run by you. And if you, if you were the Indianapolis Colts, for example, and you were losing T.Y. Hilton, and you have Carson Wentz as your quarterback, I would pick up the phone and call Carson and say, Carson, tell me about Nelson Aguilar. And at the end of the conversation, I'd say, do you want him? And if he said, you bet I want him, I would say, remember, it's going to have to be at our price, right? We're paying you a lot of money. We can't pay him a lot of money. So, <laughs> uh, but I'll, I'll explore it. So if, and by the way, I don't mean to farm the Colts land here. I'm not advocating yeah, this. I'm no, just using yeah. this as an example. Totally a team, hypothetical. A team, a team that happens to come to mind. That's fine. Because it's it's so obviously hypothetical. You know, it it, it it's so an it's such an obvious example. Um, if the if the answer was positive from a guy who played with him, um, then I would explore it. But there's going to be a ceiling on what you would pay. There's going to be a ceiling on what you would pay. So it's going to be interesting. At, and there'll be a ceiling on the number of years because he's 28. Now, you can be a little more flexible with receivers. You know, you could do four years with him, I think, and be okay. Uh, but um, interesting, interesting. And the question, this actually will happen in, in pro personnel departments around the league. Who would you rather have? Juju or Nelson Aguilar? In my mind, as the general manager, I don't want to hear about Will Fuller. Don't want to hear about him. Now, you want to come in and, and take another shot after we've, you know, 
You want to climb that mountain one more time? You do it at your at your peril, but I'll listen. <laughs> but but who are we going to take? Nelson Aguilar or uh, uh, or Juju? Juju's twenty four. He's smaller. Uh, you know, more money potentially. It, it, more money potentially. Yeah, yeah. And and, and the, you know what the answer usually is? Let's see which guy is the most affordable. In, within our system, that's what that's how these things get done. Um, I'm just scrolling through here. My magic. Uh, the only other name that I thought maybe was a guy you might like because we talked about it a little bit during the regular season was Richard Higgins with Cleveland. Is maybe a mid-tier kind of purple, fringy, red kind of player on the come. Eh, yeah, a guy. You know, I, I'm not. I'm not going to spend a lot of money on that. He's interesting. He's interesting, uh, but I but I wouldn't spend a lot of money on that, and I probably would not be, I probably would not be, uh, as the GM, invested in him. I you know I the pro scouts would have to sell me on him, and I'd go look at the tape and say, yeah okay, you know, the, the picture I have in my mind is or is not correct. Another interesting, go ahead. I'm I was sorry. Just say, so I just wanted to point out that Bill. You know, in, in the vocabulary of the National Football League, just sort of slip something in there, which is exactly, but it's very real. He said, he's a guy. In the, in the NFL, most people are guys. The guys, the people who you want, oh, he's a person. He's a person. Yeah, he's a, <laughs> he's a guy. He's just a guy. So that that's a real term of art. It is. J-A-G. Just right. a guy. Just a guy. Meaning he's, he's generally speaking a purple that, you know, is easily replaceable. Um, an inch, a name, this is a name. Here, here's an example. In fact, uh, they happen to be sitting back to back in, in, in my computer here, uh, my iPad, I should say. Uh, and there's three of them, by the way. <laughs> so let's talk about them. We probably end on a high note here. Golden Tate, 33 years of age. Uh very much on the downside of his career, but has value as a kick returner, has value as a backup receiver. Uh, receivers last a little while, so on a one-year contract, interesting guy. Little, little beware situation with social media, so you have to look into that a little bit. Familial social media issue. Yeah, yeah. But I happen to know him from his time at Notre Dame and think highly of him. Um, so I, I could kind of get past that because I have personal knowledge of him. But, you know, if you're, you're searching around in Filene's basement and he's there and a minimum salary contract might be worth exploring. Big name. Big name. Everybody knows him. Everybody wants him. Gronk. 32 years of age, minimum salary, minimum salary, and usable only in certain situations and certain offenses. So, you know, you want them for one year, great. At a minimum salary contract, great. But don't invest any money. And then a guy that... I uh, 
I was floored when I talked to a guy from a, 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 another team the other day who's, and I was asking him who's getting paid, uh, who, who might people invest in? He said, Jameis Winston. I said, my heavens, my heavens, 30 interceptions. And, and he said, he gave me the Al Davis quote, always take a chance on a failed number one. And you know what? Beautiful body, beautiful arm, four-year starter, lost every year, but a four-year starter. And, uh, you know, 30 touchdowns, too. Interesting. Interesting. Not for me, but this person who I respect thinks that someone will go out there and pay him. This time next week, we will find out. Well, hey, Bill, so just two two more quick players, because I, I know you mentioned this earlier, and I think we had a lot of questions about this. This seems like an extremely deep free agent group of tight ends where you have some players who could potentially get some maybe high red, low blue money. What are your thoughts really quick on Hunter Henry and uh, Gerald Everett? Um. Gerald Everett is is not in my top two. It's Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. Okay, would be the guys that I would uh, that I would invest in. Gerald Everett, it, to me, is a notch below. Um, he's he's he hasn't he hasn't had the production that the other two have. Hunter Henry's had great production, and Jonu Smith the last two years with with uh, you know a good quarterback with him has had really good production. He's not as fast as Hunter Henry and probably not as fast as Everett, but, um, but I, I would be interested in those two first. And John, who is Rick's favorite red zone tight end, if you recall from earlier in the season. Yeah, I do. Exactly. Yes. I do. Uh, let me, Bill, it, with the way the game has evolved, um, how, how important is a, being a consistent blocker as a tight end anymore? It depends upon the system. If the system requires a consistent blocker, then you have to be it. Most teams now have a blocking tight end, a tight end B in our parlance in Indianapolis, and an athletic tight end, a tight end A. Janu Smith is, is, is a little of both. Gronk if he's in a wing position or semi-detached, is a little of both. Gronk can't block defensive ends anymore, but he can do the other stuff. He's more than tough enough to do yeah. it. So he's a specialized player. There are other tight ends who are purely, purely receivers. And, uh, and, and Hunter Henry is, is, is really a receiver. I mean, he had 60 receptions last year. I mean, he's a guy... He's not quite as athletic as Dallas Clark, but but he's in that in that category. Receivers, by the way, get paid way more than blockers. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, before we wrap up, I'll get killed on Twitter if we don't ask you this. <laughs> All right. If you're going to pay a safety at free safety this year, who would you do? Anthony Harris or Justin Simmons? Well, Justin Simmons is tagged, so. Right. But if you were going to do it, 
Oh, if I were if I was going to do it, yeah, I probably would pay Justin Simmons. Okay, yeah, I probably would. All right. Well, there you go. One quick audible question: What uh, sure. what were your thoughts on the Dak Prescott deal? Well, I thought um, it's a great question. I thought first and foremost, um, all sides did the right thing. The Cowboys bent a lot. Uh, and what we said on the last show turned out to be true. The agent was asking for three, and he moved to four. And that's a big give for the Cowboys. That's a big, big give. By the way, the contract has two voidable years in it. It will appear as six years, but the last two years are voidable and e and easily voidable, designed to void. So, uh, again, Pay no attention to, right. <laughs> to what you what you read or hear. <laughs> uh, that's for salary cap purposes. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Dak gets a second bite of the apple at, uh, at right around thirty one years of age. So he'll he'll with a, you know, barring injury, God forbid, he'll have a third contract. Um, the number is, uh, I believe, in fact, I may have my notes in front of me here, if you just bear with me. The number is $31 million, I think, uh, guaranteed, uh, average per year, guaranteed. Yeah. Um, it's $40 million if, if if he makes, makes it all the way, um, which is high. But here's where Jerry both showed you a glimpse into the future and showed you why he and Stephen Jones are such good businessmen. They could have said, we're going to tag him. We're not doing four. We're not giving you a second bite of the apple after four years. It's bad business. But they said to themselves, and Jerry is in a position to know, this is why he is such a harbinger of things to come. He knows what the new television contracts are going to look like. That's right. Right. And he said, yeah. you know what? I'll do the four okay. at 31 guarantee. Yeah. Because maybe two months from now. That's right. Instead of the number being 40, it might be 50. Right. So he gave the agent certainly what he wanted both in years another bite of the apple and in in money that uh dwarfs uh in, in in when you take the years into consideration what patrick mahomes got um but jerry knows what's coming so he decided that this was a better use of funds than uh than tagging him for another year and then having him go into the marketplace when it has expanded greatly. So I guess the question there would be, uh, is there still money, especially on the defensive side of the ball, to, to win a Super Bowl? Yeah, because they, they got $15 million, uh, $15 million in, in help on their cap because of the voidable years. The number's a lot lower this year, too. Yeah. Bad. True. Yeah, true. I mean, they're, they're going to be all, they're going to be at the number, but I think they're going to be yeah. able to snip around on things. 
Yeah, they will. And and they'll make some other moves too. They'll they'll let some older offensive linemen go, I think. And you know, they'll they'll make some moves along the way. But look, they're not there yet by any right. means. They're not there yet. Offensively and, they're pretty good. They gotta they gotta do some work on the offensive line and tight end, but they're pretty good. Defensively, it's a complete rebuild. Yeah. Exactly. They're not one player away. No. Certainly you're never but one hey, player away. That's what away. I mean. How about Dak making a hundred million dollars in a year? Good for him. God bless yeah. him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's awesome. It is he's so a fourth awesome. round draft choice, guys. I know. And the cool part is he's a free agent again at 31 when the new TV hits. But 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 three weeks from now, when we begin talking about all those four first round draft choices who are gonna lead teams to the promised land, remember Dak's a fourth. That's true. Russ You're... is a third. And Kirk's the third, fourth. Yep. And they tagged him today, too. Tagged him. Dak. They did. They what? tagged him? Yes. Yep. Look oh, I, okay. Probably just to make sure that there's no hanky-panky. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Be between now and the physical and all the rest of that. Right. Yeah, and the, the year and stuff. Yeah, so. yeah. There you go. You shocked me there for a moment. <laughs> Rick, Rick, Rick's ahead of the news curve. Today. I've, been, I've been holding that back, Scott. And you're usually, you're, you know, you're usually the guy who's got the instant data. I was occupied this afternoon with a little vaccine appointment, so uh, I'm not caught up. Yeah, I got it. All right, gang. All right, well, that's our show for today. As always, if you have questions or things you want us to hit up, hit us up on at Polling on Twitter, and we will be sure to include it in the Audible. Get ready next week. It's Ask Bill Anything 3. You guys ready for that one? Ooh, that'll be a fun one. We got some cool questions. We got some really good stuff coming in. We're going to learn a lot about Bill's taste in broadcasting. All right, guys. (laughs) I think I may take the fifth already. Rick, you're my lawyer. Set this up, please. Several, several questions. Senator, at that time, I... All right, guys. See you next week. All right. All right. Be safe, everyone. Mask up, please. Double mask. Backs up. It's coming. Yep, backs up and there you yeah. go. Yep. All right, gang. Before we wrap up today, we wanted to give you guys one more bit of advice. If you're looking for the top, I mean truly the blue choice of men's below-the-waist grooming products, look no further than Manscaped. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for all your family jewels. Like we talked about earlier, Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide, and we have an exclusive offer for all of you guys, so please take advantage of it. It's 20% off plus free shipping when you use the code POLIAN at manscaped.com. That's right, 20% off and free shipping when you use the code POLIAN at manscaped.com. So what are you waiting for? Hook yourself up with some of the amazing tools and products they have. I cannot recommend it more. Order their Perfect 3.0 kit today. You'll get everything you need to have everything down there looking exactly right so that you are fully prepared to be a blue free agent prospect in the bedroom. What more could you want in life? So look no further. Get 20% off and free shipping today when you use the code POLIAN at manscaped.com. That's right. 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code POLIAN to unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. 
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.